Well, we are in this third week of a sermon series entitled Identity Crisis, in which we've been asking ourselves some tough questions along the way. Has our brand been hijacked? For those who do not know Jesus Christ, how have they come to understand who we are and what defines us? Or has that understanding been skewed in some way? Have they been hurt by the church or have they been, has harm been done by someone who's claimed to be a Christian? The first week we talked about who we are as followers of Jesus Christ and Pastor Sheila had us repeat some scriptures at the end of that sermon that remind us of God's love and God's presence. Scriptures that remind us of who we are, our identity in Christ. Last week I talked about what defines us as Christians. We are to live by the Spirit, so therefore we are to walk by the Spirit. And the fruits of that Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Today I want to talk about our purpose. What's our purpose as a Christian, as one who follows Jesus Christ? Will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, I ask that your Holy Spirit wash over us. I pray that the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth might be given in your name, that they might be acceptable in your sight. Help me to get out of the way so that your love might be proclaimed. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when I was a little girl and I had to go to the doctor's office or the dentist's office, I always looked for the little activity sheets, all those little activity books that I could uh, write in and do the puzzles. I always looked for connect the dots. I loved those, you know, because I'd look at it and I'd think, I wonder what it is. I wonder what it could be. And as I began to connect the dots on the piece of paper, I would think, oh, maybe it's going to be, or, oh, it could be, and then as I connected more dots to more dots, then the picture started to come in fullness, and I realized it's going to be this. Well, that's what Jesus is doing for us. Jesus is helping us to connect the dots as he gives this Sermon on the Mount. Jesus tells us that our purpose is to connect the dots for others, to help them make the connection between who we are and the God we worship. He's on the Mount of Beatitudes on that beautiful hillside, and he starts out by saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And he goes on, and blessed are, blessed are, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Now, if I could title the sermon... It wouldn't be Sermon on the Mount. It would be this title that Jesus preaches, Living the Christian Life. That's what he's conveying to the people who are gathered there. This is what it means to live the Christian life. You see, when Jesus is telling the people gathered so long ago, common, everyday people, just like you and me, he's sharing with them that we are blessed when we mourn, for we will be comforted in him. We're blessed when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, for we will be filled in him. He's giving them a picture 
and they're beginning to connect the dots. They're beginning to see the outline of what could be in their lives. But when he gets to the salt and light, mm, all of a sudden it becomes clear. They begin to see the picture that he's drawing for them. You are the salt of the earth, not your community, not your family, but the whole earth. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. Let your light shine before others. Salt and light. It might be common and readily available to us today, so we kind of lose the meaning. In fact, one of the members of our church at the early service said, do you know what salty actually means to younger people today? And I said, no. And she said, salty means that you're in a bad mood. That person's salty. They're in a bad mood. I said, well, I learned something today. So it actually has different meaning for today's culture than it does for us. You see, in order to understand what Jesus was saying here, we have to look at what they understood it to be. You need to understand how valuable salt was in the day of Jesus. We take for granted today salt because it's readily available, but it was like pure gold for them. You see, salt is a preservative, and obviously 2,000 years ago, they didn't have refrigeration. Salt was so valuable in Bible days that they were often paid in salt. Paid in salt. In fact, the word salary gets its name, it's, it's derivative from salt. And if a Roman soldier didn't do his job, he wouldn't get his salt. So therefore, that's where we get the saying, he's not worth his salt. Right? He's not worth his salt. So salt is a preservative, but salt also purifies. With just a little salt, table salt, unclean water can become drinkable. You can, I've Googled it, I've looked it up. <laughs> salt seasons, it gives good flavor, it makes the ordinary extraordinary, right? You know, I had a, a friend who told me that their father-in-law used to salt everything. And so he wasn't supposed to have salt. And so the wife put a little bit of cellophane wrapper right underneath that top. Twisted that lid down. And he could just salt up a storm. And she never said a word because it wasn't coming out. But it makes the ordinary extraordinary. It gives it flavor, doesn't it? Salt makes you thirsty. Did you know that bars put peanuts and pretzels out? I don't know if anybody goes has ever visited a bar here. But they put salty peanuts and pretzels out for a reason. Not because they're being nice. They're putting it out because it makes you thirsty and you'll want to order another drink, right? Salt. You heard an amen down there on the front. Salt heals. Right? Salt heals. When I had a sore throat growing up as a little girl, my grandma used to make me gargle what? Salt water. Right. Salt melts. What do we put on the roads and the, the streets around our parking lot? Whenever the snow's coming, we put salt on 
so it will melt when it hits the ground. Now, so, now applying this understanding to what Jesus is saying here, I want you to think about that. We are to be salt of the earth. We are to preserve God's love and grace, to purify, to make this life a holy life centered on Jesus Christ. We must show others the life that can be extraordinary in Christ, full of flavor and zest. We have the ability to make others thirst for the love and grace that we have. We have been given the power and authority of Jesus Christ to melt the hearts of bitterness and hate. We are to be healers in Jesus Christ's name, to heal relationships, to aid in the healing of brokenness. Do you hear this? This is how we are to be salt in the world around us because the salt of the earth is needed because the world is not pure. Amen? Now we know what light does. It tells us to be light of the world. It dispenses the darkness and it attracts. And if you're in a dark place, you want to go toward the light, right? The world is filled with darkness and so therefore we need to be the light of Christ. Now, here's our purpose. Salt that stays on the shelf and is never used has no purpose, right? A candle that is never lit has no purpose. Our purpose is to connect the dots for people, to help them see who we are and the God we worship. Our purpose is to help them see the whole picture the whole picture of God's love, of God's grace, this beautiful picture of who we are in Christ. We have to see, help people see Jesus in our marriage, in our singleness. We have to help people see Jesus in our decisions, in our generosity. We have to help people see our Jesus in the business and vocations. And I'm winding it up, Stephen, winding it up right now. <laughs> we have to connect the dots for people, church. We have to connect the dots for people. And I'm going to end with this. There are two days that are important in a Christian's life. And, and the first one is when they truly understand who they are and claim their Christian identity, their faith in Christ. But the second one is the day they truly understand their purpose. To live that. To show others. To shine their light before others in this world. As Pastor James Merritt says it, I love this quote, he says, when you begin to live your life in such a way that people are attracted to Jesus Christ and want to glorify your Father in heaven, you will know that your salt is tasty and your light is bright. So church, let's go out in the world and be salty and bright. Just think how the world will be different. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we confess to you that there are times in our lives when we have been in the darkness rather than in the light. There are times in our lives in which we have lost all flavor. We pray that you will wash over us your grace and encouragement this morning that we might continue to shine your light in the world around us, that we might help others connect the dots to who you are. 
that they might see Jesus, that they might experience your love and your grace. 